Welcome to AMA with DMK, hosted by Dunne Montague King. Hello everybody, well welcome to another and very special edition of AMA, which is an acronym which I don't like, so I'm going to say it's Ask Me Anything. <laughs> Almost anything, at least anything that can be actually put out over the internet without a lot of trolls attacking me later. Um, we're very fortunate today because I have a very hardworking young lady that is kind of hard to get a hold of for these kind of things. She's our uh, um, account manager in the whole East Coast area. Her name is Sybil Tomlin. You got it. You got it. I just think of her as Sybil. Hi, Sybil. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Well, I am too because together I think we're going to uh, actually bring out a lot to our audience. Um, why are we here today? Well, I'm here and we're here to acknowledge the importance of a certain topic and a need for continuous education in aesthetics. Because let's face it, when you, when you really think about it, DMK has and always has been for 50 some odd years, God, is, I'm 80 years old, it's hard to even think about it, uh, education. Education is our biggest what we sell. Everything else comes behind that. Products, of course, are important, but they're tools. Then it's not the focus, because when you focus on products, you're not really educating at all. Um, we're going into a new campaign. I've been talking about this for a long time, and I've always wanted to do it. It's kind of a, a rip-off of a protest campaign <laughs> in a way, but it resonates, and I'll explain why later. And it's a, a campaign that we're launching this year called Black Skin Matters, okay? And we talked about it for a long, long time, but you can't really do anything unless you implement it, unless you name it and implement it, and that's what we're doing now. And once I've done that publicly, I have to come up with the goods. I just can't stand there and say, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot all about that, because it's very important. Plus, it's a long-term dream of mine. Um, we've had some feedback from therapists and clients that actually, and this kind of mystifies me, but I'm going to have to be honest, they claim a lack of diversity in our results pool. I suppose they mean before and after pictures. Well, I've seen tons of before and after pictures. We have therapists that have say said to me, oh, I feel I'm not really equipped to, to treat highly melanated clients out of fear of reaction or hyperpigmentation. That is a myth. Now, what I'm talking about there, let's say a Caucasian therapist or even a black therapist, have some idea that you have to be very careful our black skin will hyperpigment. That is not true. Actually, black skin is the most superior skin cell structure of any human on the planet. Now, Sybil, what is your perspective here, and what personal feedback have you had on this subject from anybody? Sure. I do feel that estheticians sometimes fear or will pull back a little bit when they are working on a brown skin. And it's just because we don't talk about it. We don't talk about the fact that there is a difference and that black skin is a little more resilient. We're always talking about pigment, 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 and how to prevent it. And although black skin may pigment and sometimes a lot of, a bit easier with PIH and things like that, I say all the time, if the wind blows, I will pigment. 
but it's very easy to resolve too. That pigment does not stay. So in yeah. being nervous, it's... <laughs> I say that, don't crack. <laughs> that's right. Other things happen, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't crack, that's for sure. And I think it's just a, a level of awareness that needs to be raised, not only for our therapists, but in how we educate also our clients. I think that's where the mark of difference that we can make as DMK estheticians in the world is going to be there. I think our clients, our end users have been conditioned and have been taught the wrong thing um, through media over the years. I mean, let's be real about it. We didn't see a black face as the name of a cosmetic company until the 90s. Yeah, I, I remember. In fact, it's still online. This company is called Eon 5, E apostrophe and 5. I invented that company back in the 70s and 80s in Chicago. It showed up in JCPenney stores all over America. It was called Eon 5. It was the first black skin treatment skin for people of color. Most of the kits were bought by men because it really removed the razor bumps. When you explain the simplicity of that science, the black gentlemen go, oh, that makes sense. Every one of them loved this kit. A lot of women did too. It sold very well. Uh, my only time I've ever went retail. Uh, and of course, when I left Chicago and started P Dan A, and at that time it was known as Dan A, and then later DMK, uh, I was completely out of that project. In fact, I actually stopped it in its tracks because of the business that was behind it. These guys did not know how to treat black estheticians or demonstration girls. They were cheap, backstabbing, never mind. But anyway, that's the past. Funny thing is, the concept is still there on the internet. It's nothing to do with black skin now. but the, Skin but is the, skin. Anyway, we're very well aware of focusing on this because I inadvertently did this in that beauty school in Chicago. And it was great. I mean, these students were hungry. They wanted to know. And there wasn't even an esthetician's license in Chicago at that time. It was all a cosmetology license. That was it. But for some reason, the Jewish family that owned that black school, there were two, one out in the south side, one downtown, mm -hmm. saw what I did and said, can you come and teach a class? I go, well, I'm not a teacher. Yes, you are. And so I ended up doing that. And here we are, okay. And thank goodness, they, thank goodness for that. A, a lot of great things have come for Black Skin out of Chicago and you being one, and many people don't know that. And I think that it's important that we do share that and that we do recognize it. Oh, I met everybody in those days. I met Johnny Johnson who owned Fashion Fair. He wanted to jump in with me. And I said, okay, great, I needed investment. I was just a young guy. And then he, when I went up to his office, I'll never forget this, uh, then he goes, well, your formula is, is what is fabulous. I love it when I hear about this, and it does work, but it's too expensive. you got to change the ingredients and do this, do that, and the other. I said, Mr. Johnson, if you change anything, it won't work. You don't know what I put into this. It has to do with pH of skin, so many things. He goes, jumped up from behind his desk, says, look, I know how to market to our people. And that told me everything. Yes, of course, we, I would love to see uh, more black estheticians across this country jump aboard. Uh, the ones that we have already, such as Leona down in West Hollywood, are so dedicated and they do incredible things. Based on the interactions that I'm having with estheticians in the Northeast and as I travel with DMK across the country, 
um, when they are facing clients of skin of color is it's just as simple as not knowing what to do, being scared to be aggressive. So we use a lot of the terms, well, don't be aggressive, be progressive, but remember what we are treating. Remember that it's all coming back to the core of DMK, remove, rebuild, protect, and maintain, and for them to really get out of their own heads. The greatest part about DMK is that Culturally, what we of women of color are taught to use in our skin are a lot of the same botanicals, but in better formulations, better delivery systems, sourced better with DMK. All things that were made from nature that our grandmas and our great grandmas and moms told us to yeah. be using, right? Yeah. So our coconut oils, all, all, yeah, all of our ingredients like that. And that's part of, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier about black skin staying very supple and because it does have that extra melanin to protect us from the environment. But a lot of times estheticians again are, and it's lack of awareness. So where I think the, the gap needs to be bridged for estheticians is that many times when we have these classes, the people that they're seeing and the models that are being brought in aren't a broad enough representation. And I don't think it's directly intentional by brands that are out there. I just think that we as a company need to bring more awareness to that. We have plenty of before and after pictures. We need oh, to, in the field, the estheticians that are doing the work need to not be so humble and they need to toot their own horns a little bit and share with their fellow SDs that are out there. And let's start working on other skins. It's just like learning a, a new language. If you don't use it, you will lose it and you become fearful of speaking. It's the same thing when we're working with skin. We don't realize that certain ethnicities will get a buildup of keratin on other areas, like using the lemon on the elbows, the knees, the ankles, where calories is perfect for something like that. It's knowing and seeing and actually feeling. And I think a lot of estheticians are afraid to even market to the fact that they are very versed in working with skins of different colors and not just black estheticians all estheticians they yeah. need to they need to be able to experience and when we do these live demos and things have a wider range i think we're doing a great job as a company as we're moving forward with more representation the beauty industry as a whole is doing better with that but it comes down to the hands-on work and giving the confidence to the estheticians that you know skin and if you know skin you should be able to treat skin of all colors now there's some little nuances in there sometimes with things that come into play with certain conditions that they may not see on a regular basis, um, depending on their region of the country, region of the world, right? Um, there are different conditions that may come in a little more often than others. But with DMK, we have the educational tools. We need to be reminded that they can be used on all skins. And just if you are nervous about it, be again progressive instead of aggressive our ingredients are made to treat all skins and work particularly well with skin of color so things like for instance angela bassett is a good customer and a, a, a lovely man our woman anyway the man is Dandre michael her makeup artist that brought her to us and she has given her image to us freely to use all over the place never charged a cent and you know most celebrities their people are there with their hands out you know, when you want to use their image. We, she's such a gracious, wonderful person. But that's not enough. We have to have more, not just celebrities. 
because people will say, oh, well, they just have celebrities, they probably paid them, which is not true. And uh, so just getting more grassroots people involved is, uh, is what will help us get over this hump. Oh, I agree. And even with, um, I have all the time when I have clients sometimes come to classes, they'll say, can't you get prettier models when we have our before and after pictures that we use in some of our programs? Our models are real. They're the models. They're not models, first of all. They're your clients that you're using in your treatment rooms and that you are getting the results and the before and afters with. So a lot of the representation needs to come from some of our great estheticians out there, black, white, brown, indifferent, um, both sides of the country. We've got some great ones. And the Midwest also has some awesome ones. There are some great ones in Texas that I have met recently. Maryland has some great ones in the area. Upstate New York. We've got quite a few. So I'm calling calling you, you ladies and gents out on this. Start sharing not just the pictures of your clients in your enzymes, but show us those before and afters. Uh, could you kind of, and from your own terms, address the common myths in a wives tale about melanin, black and brown, and all clients of color? What is your perspective on that? Sure. Well, the most common myth is that we don't need SPF. And that's probably the biggest myth of all and where things often go wrong. So our clients will come into us. We will do revision work on them and then they will never use sunscreen because they don't need it because we have the natural protection of our melanin. So that is one of the biggest myths that we see coming from our clients that are coming in. So to get them to understand that that's a big part of skin revision and the ongoing maintenance of healthy tissue is making sure that we have that extra sun protection barrier. Another myth as an esthetician that I'm seeing with other estes is that they can't treat skin of color with certain acids or certain exfoliating tools. And with DMK, that's definitely not the case. We have many exfoliating tools that actually work a lot better on skin of color than other brands in the past. I've been in the industry over 25 years now and our tools work well to protect the cells as we are removing that redundant cuticle. And we do the part that everybody misses. We're doing that rebuilding part. We're protecting the barrier. So when we do that, skin of color happens to thrive on DMK. So that's another myth that I see out there in the field is when it comes down to exfoliating, that you can't exfoliate, you can't peel a skin of color, you can't do this on them, you can't do that on them. Sure you can if you have the right tools and we're working with the concept. The DMK concept of remove, rebuild, protect and maintain is brilliant and I wish that I had it today 15 years ago in my career. Whether you're working with DMK or not, if you are following that concept, you're going to get results. What really kicked it into place for me was our educator in South Africa, Najma Khan. She's a Indian, beautiful Indian girl, top educator. She's been with me, oh, since she was about 17 years old in South Africa. Now she's married to a wonderful man, has gorgeous kids, and actually has come into her own. She used to be so shy. She was like, oh, I can't ever get up from an audience. Then, well, did she surprise me? She actually took the bull by the horns and she uh, launched this Don't Mess With My Skin campaign in South Africa. And I went over, every activist in the country, in Johannesburg and even beyond, every black author of a book, mostly women, uh, every top model 
that was black. And in fact, later we had Miss South Africa was a black girl, and she endorsed us like crazy and from her own heart. But anyway, I had to jump on this bandwagon with them, and I was stunned at the reaction. It was amazing, and you know, the general public wasn't invited to this. But they found out soon enough, and then everybody's talking about it. And then Naj was on television, and it just steamrolled. And at that time, I thought to myself, we've got to do this in the USA. Same thing. So actually, I had our educational team doing some groundwork. We have a manual out of it. Not that I couldn't have put together. Sybil and I could have written a manual, but we just don't have the time and all the other responsibilities. And why bother when Najma had a manual for her black therapist that we could actually use as a template? Once we get this ball rolling, and we've got to make some, I've got to work with you better, Sybil, on this. I'm sorry I've been so distant with everything else. And, you know, don't forget my age. I may look okay, but, but inside is an 80-year-old man, you know, that's just fighting to still be me for as long as I can. I'll, I hope I have the grace to know when it's time to walk off the stage. Oh, Peter Pan, you will be forever. Peter Pan is also something under a hospital bed. Anyway, so the whole basis of DMK's mission is building a world of confidence. We, we use that all the time. Um, we also provide the comprehensive and holistic skin revision concept that works for every skin and condition, except in this case, we're transferring all of that over into the black community and the black esthetician. Now, there will be protocols that we will not do, but there will be a lot of protocols that we will do that are similar. I mean, skin is skin. With, even with its varied and myriad differences, it's still the epidermis, and we approach it that way, you know, highly individual. But still doing this campaign, will, I think, will create an awareness in the industry that I'll bet you 100 bucks within six months, there'll be several competitors desperately trying to copy. They will. It never fails every time we do something and it becomes popular. <laughs> Boom! This company that's maybe been in business for five years suddenly has all the answers. My father is a scientist and I have this new, whatever. It doesn't matter. What matters is the awareness that I know we'll create in the industry. That is for sure. What do you think about that? One of the reasons why I love working for and with DMK is because we are about building that world of confidence and that world of confidence for our estheticians first. Empowering our estheticians and educating them to a level of education we just don't get here in the United States at the basic level, right? We're teaching for state board when we're going to school. So at DMK, we're always trying to elevate our estheticians and build a world of confidence within them. And that translates then to the treatments that they're doing, the education and the way that they speak to their own clients to truly build that world of confidence and inclusiveness for everyone, no matter what shape, color, whoever walks through your door, to give them the confidence they need to walk out shoulders up and chest high and feeling good about themselves and who they are in the world. We're all about diversity and inclusiveness at DMK. And this is just taking it to the next level to make sure that everyone has that confidence to treat all skin concerns, all skin conditions on all 
colors of skin. We actually had a start at this, but I didn't know you then, and you weren't aboard, and uh, we didn't have this big, huge building and labs and everything else, and, and I needed help. And I did have some help, but incredible esthetician who's won every award you can think of. She's retired now, and that was Carol Walderman. And she opened, uh, she had the Von Lee School in uh, Baltimore, outside of Baltimore. Right. And she was an icon in the aesthetic industry back in the day. And I was so, oh yeah, and I was so privileged and blessed. But she got aboard, she came to classes, she even went with us on our first DMK uh, ship cruise, educational ship cruise to Mexico. And she came, stayed with me many times. And all of her, most of her students were black students because she had a government grant. And this helped a lot of people that were on low income actually get into the school and get an education with something that's viable that they could raise their whole standard of living. And like you said, pride, everything else went into it. And some of the girls that were at that school are older women now. They're out in the industry. And I run across them all the time. <laughs> It is such a gratifying feeling. Sadly enough, the government chopped the program off, which I have no control over. That's okay, you know, and I actually work with a school owner up here in the North that works to do the same, to make sure that the government does not cut off funding. I've gone to Hill Day and spoken with senators to talk about the need for funding within the yeah. cosmetic industry. I have, for all people, women of color, yes, yes. Yes, sir, I have. It's something that's important and near and dear to me because some of us do need help. I went to aesthetic school night part-time as a single mom going through a divorce at the time. I had another career during the day and then did this. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without financial aid and grants and uh, opportunities that the government gives to these schools to give to others. So I am a proponent for lobbying and working with the government to make sure everyone has a chance. I knew I picked the right person because I did not know about this. Yeah. Now, I am connected to DC. Now, I don't, I'm an activist and I'm well known on the Hill. I've been to the White House three times. I went to the last Obama inauguration, which was incredible. So I had those connections, but I never used them because I have to stay impartial. You know, and plus, I'm not a sure. black person. So I can back that up as the scientist, and Dr. Akande, as a scientist of color, certainly can jump in. And he's irrefutable. Ain't nobody, no, nobody's gonna not gonna argue with him on ingredients or anything. <laughs> he's such a humble man, but he will destroy them with a smile. But you know, so many times people think that skin therapists, you know, were just chair renters or booth renters in a salon somewhere, you know, and they think that the aesthetics business is the beauty business back from the 60s where you could only make a salary up to a certain point. And so uh, we're proving them wrong with, you know, all boss babe movements and things like that, that we're making very good livings, we're changing lives, and we're helping to create generational wealth for our families. In my clinic in Chicago, I had a gal that I hired as receptionist and head esthetician. Uh, she was a black woman, very elegant, a little bit snobby, a little bit snobby, but I kind of like that sometimes, you know. Good genie, good looking girl, but funny too. We had a ball. But this lady came in, very kind of rundown looking. Um, she didn't have fancy clothes on. She looked neat and plain. And 
Jeannie uh, came back and said, this woman wants to talk to you and be diagnosed, but I don't think she has any money. And I said, that's okay, let's see what's going on. So she came in, and, I, and this is, was a lesson to me. I said, okay, we looked over everything, and she says, what I want to know after I diagnosed her is exactly how many treatments am I starting with, and exactly to the penny, how much does it cost? So I told her. She said, I'll be back. Jeannie said after she left, she'll never be back. Wrong. She came back a month later. She's like, I'm ready to start now. I need to change my life. And she had all her little dollar bills rolled up in a purse <laughs> for the whole amount. <laughs> Bless her heart. And she did get good results, and she ended up getting a job as a paralegal for a prestigious law firm. So people's lives really are changed with us. We really do things that affect their entire life, and they will find the money. Don't, I tell these estheticians, don't be too cheap, because if you could really get results, that's what they're looking for, and they've tried everything. Another reason why I am passionate about this movement is I am a woman of color, so I am, this movement is part of me and who I am and making sure that others don't feel maybe the way that some women, men of color felt growing up their whole lives without having representation. We, for the longest, didn't see our faces on magazines um, looking beautiful for beauty ads unless it was going to grandma's house and seeing Jet Magazine or Ebony Magazine on their coffee table. But it wasn't a mainstream um, publication that you saw everywhere. If you went to your doctor's office, you weren't seeing that magazine sitting on their coffee table. On um, commercials of certain beauty brands, there was no representation there. So am I beautiful? My hair texture is different. My skin is different. And people say, oh, you know, that's that doesn't really matter. It does matter. It does matter to little girls and boys growing up and representation is huge. And seeing now that representation that we have a lot more in the industry and the representation started to change again with like Veronica Webb in the 90s being signed to Revlon and being the face on the cover of magazines, um, your department store brands did not have a woman of color until I believe it was 2003 with Leah Kebede and she was not an African-American woman. So she was a woman of color, but still was not full diversive and inclusiveness for young American men and women. So we've come a long way, but we're talking 90s and 2003. We really need to get the ball moving. And yes, I've seen the dial move and I'm so happy to see it. I need to see it move more. I need to see more cultural diversity. There, we focus on it for, you know, 28, 29 days if we're in a leap year, whatever it is for one month, not enough. We need to focus on it all year round, making sure again that our therapists are well-versed on how to treat the skins, are not afraid to do so, and are inviting those in their communities in. When you're in a community that does have the demographic of people of color, what are you doing to reach out to them to let them know that there is a place for them? There's a place for them to come to feel comfortable to get amazing skin. And even if they have that genetically blessed skin, somewhere where they know they can come in and have that maintenance going with someone who understands their skin and can speak to them 
in an educated way about their skin. So it's important to me that we keep this moving forward. And again, DMK being all about diversity and inclusiveness, we just need to get it out there into everyone's faces just a, a little bit more for me. In working with all of our estheticians, a lot of times they don't necessarily, again, have those um, models available or clients available that are people of color. So as the educator, I've also often been the model to let them work on my skin so that they can get a comfort level with working with the skin. I don't want anybody to get the impression that we are just starting out treating black and colored skin. That's not true. As I said earlier, I cut my teeth in black research in a school in Chicago with black estheticians while well, they were cosmetologists back then. As I said, they didn't have a license yet. They, they do now. Uh, and also in South Africa. You have no idea of some of the, the uh, conditions I've had to face. Ochronosis is rampant in South Africa. It's kind of bad here too in certain areas, but it really is bad in, in South Africa. And that's where the skin has big, enormous, almost burnt black patches on the face and sometimes even cracked. And this is right next door to basal cell carcinoma. And how so many poor black people got this, and this is why I saw so much of the townships, was that these unscrupulous pharmacists that were making up bleaching compounds. Because first of all, the ideological thought in South Africa at that time, not so much now, politically anyway, but back then was whiter is better. And this was even in the black community. In the black community in the U.S., yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you'll get a better job, you'll get a better looking wife, or you're, you know, I, I just watched uh, Angela's uh, Tina Turner movie, even though it's old, I haven't seen it yet. And what's his name that played Ike? He was good looking then. But, and I remember these days in the late 50s, because I was a kid, and all the men did Murray's or black and white and wore a do-rag at night, because this, you know, sleek, process hair, comb back, and all these things. And so what these pharmacists were doing is they were mixing, believe it or not, not only 8, 9, 10% hydroquinone, which is kiss of death to skin in my opinion, but household bleach, all kinds of things. And these women were buying it and it was destroying the structure of their skin, just trying to be lighter. That's our whole purpose behind this, is to knock out misconceptions and educate people. It's important as skin therapists, if you are a true therapist, that you walk what you're talking, right? So you should be able to be treating skins of all conditions, of all ages, of all ethnicities. And when you true walk, truly walk that walk, you're able to customize your treatments from person to person. But like I teach in program one, we're all about personalizing even further down and it's from visit to visit. But with some of that comes a little bit of cultural differences between peoples and in certain facial structures and things like that. So keeping in mind, you know, where you can apply certain eye creams to make sure that it, they don't run into the eye with a certain eye shape. You know, I have these big, everybody tells me beautiful round eyes, grass is always greener on the other side, you never want what you have. But where I can put certain things on myself versus someone who has another eye set of shape, making sure that when we're doing the treatment, we talk about all the time about this isn't, don't come get an enzyme treatment um, right after having a blowout. And definitely if you're talking to a woman of color and you talk about getting any kind of anything up in their edges, 
that's a very sensitive topic. So we want to make sure that we're taking extra precautions on everyone because we do for best results, want to make sure we're getting that enzyme up into the hairline. But when certain textured hairs are mixed with water, the, the texture of the hair changes, right? So from, and, and this is on anyone when again, coming after a fresh blowout and we're getting enzyme and water in their hair, they're not looking as fabulous as when they first came in. So taking extra precaution to protect those. But we're also therapists at DMK that can treat from head to toe. So having someone that has a little bit of a drier scalp due to ethnicity, a buildup of keratin on the scalp, Herbal pigment oil is great for women that are having braids in their hair, that have weaves, that are have yeah cornrows, and then are putting their wigs over it to protect that. There's a lot of different conversations that you can have with your clients when you just remember that back knowledge, and we always call it back pocket information, but a little bit more um, cultural education as well to be able to share with your clients to give them the best personalized treatment to keep them coming back. Give them the best experience total when they're walking through your their when they are walking through your door that you understand their skin, you understand their concerns about um, everyday needs. And again, this isn't just on people of color, but that's what we're talking about right now. You need to find out when we're doing that initial intake, sitting with someone side by side and talking to them about their lifestyle, what truly is important to them, what they didn't like from a treatment that they've had in the past from someone else. Yes, DMK already has many tools for us to use and customize for treatments for people of color. That's nothing new our approach to those conversations are going to be new and making sure that you, the estheticians, feel confident in having those conversations with your clients. Yeah, just a little quick kick. There are some structural differences that I had to learn from a black therapist because I'm a white guy. And it was Jeannie who showed me working on blackheads and the nose area and everything else that most black people have a lot more cartilage than white people and a shorter bone structure here. And then once you do the sebum soak and everything, you can actually pick up and push back and boom, things popped out. I did not know, I didn't know that. (laughs) This is things you observe. Actually, it worked on me too, because I have flaring nostrils. And so I just pick them up. I can't quite push that back, but no, there are little tips and tricks that are exclusive, let's face it, to black people. And there could be a a patient that's not black, but would have similar characteristics too. Sure, especially because the world is more of a melting pot now, right? We talk about all the time, relying on that Fitzpatrick scale a little less and less, and it's more talking about ethnicities. I don't even look at that. That's an SPF scale. That has nothing to do with anything at all, any more than a woods lamp is affected that much. No, it's for SPF. It used to work maybe a hundred years ago, but now people are intermixing marriages. And like you're married to a Caucasian gentleman. I don't know if you have kids or will, but they would be Caucasian and black. There's all these mixes. So you could, yes, there's always a common underlying scientific cellular thing going, but we still have to step out of that and do spot things and different things. And these are the little things that we teach in our education. Because of a lack of confidence within our estheticians, just the lack of education that we're getting and 
we need to really stress cultural competency, but it goes more beyond just seeing the person's race. And it's really as a true skincare therapist, us taking a step back and looking at the anatomy of the human body and then of each person that we are working with uh, when it comes down to application of enzyme, when it comes to removal of enzyme, let's not be blowing bubbles with the soap out of the nose and application, especially when we talk about muscle banding, that comes to really knowing facial anatomy and has nothing to do at all with anyone's race. So really being proficient in the anatomy of the skin is going to be a big point of difference for our technicians to make sure that they are again at that elevated level, giving that level of service that no other esthetician with any other brand is giving to their clients. What I would like to see us focus a little more on in educating of estheticians is that not only do we have um, different textures of hair from your 4C very curly hair to your straighter hairs and your different textures of hair, but also there are chemical processes that a lot of people of color do to their hair that cause alopecia, but also cause pigmentation around the hairline. So that is something that can be addressed. As estheticians and therapists, I want us to make sure that we're taking that full body approach when we are doing our analysis on our clients to see their true genetic potential, as well as to see other areas of opportunity. Many times people of color will have more body pigmentation where their face may be okay from products that they're using, but there are more issues and more revision that could be done on parts of the body that they don't even know about, aren't even talking about, don't even know that they have options for to truly make their entire skin. And that's what we're treating as therapists, skin is skin, right? From head to toe, that they can have beautiful, vibrant, healthy skin all over the body. So that's something that I would like us to focus on a little more as well when we're treating people of color. As, as I pointed out earlier, as, as Sybil and I both pointed out, that there is a certain strength quality to black skin cells that white people do not enjoy. Uh, I used In the old days, I used to just come right out in the audience and say, okay, and I put up a picture of a white lady of 55 and a black lady of 55, which one looks younger? Well, everybody said the black lady, and that's true. You know, and there are, and then I explained reasons why, and one of them, two of them rather, are very rapid cell turnover. Black skin can turn over cells much quicker than I can. Well, maybe not. I can do it too because I force it, but, but naturally, <laughs> it turns over quicker, and that's why the dead cells build up so fast, particularly on the body. And they, people get what they call the ashes, and that's when you scrape your fingers along your skin, and there's white marks that don't fade away. Okay, that's just dead cell buildup. Once we get rid of that, suddenly the skin is brighter, now waiting for the next step of correct chemistry. There are a few exceptions to this, and I'll just say them out now, just in case anybody from southern India happens to be watching this uh, podcast. Uh, I did find, while working in South Africa, that southern Indian women had very, how do we put it, scary skin to work with. You look at them cross-eyed and they hyperpigment. And I didn't, I didn't approach them this way in the beginning in South Africa. I was teaching everybody to treat all people of the color the same, similar way. But the Southern Indians can be very, very dark, but they're very delicate. I, it, it's a phenomenon. We have to be so careful. We cannot do 
for instance, a lot of alkaline wash on these people, whereas we can on black people. We cannot do a lot of deep, deep resurfacing right away, which we can mostly on black people. So these, this, that's our big cautionary. All right, it's the future. Um, you know, I found out that if you have a, a good idea, like I forget who said this, maybe it was Victor Hugo, that there is no army on earth that is as strong as an idea whose time has come. And I sort of feel that this is the time. Uh, I've been working towards it, Sybil can tell you, I've been apologizing to her every month. <laughs> we're getting it started, we're getting it. But to get something started, you need other people. And, uh, and, we, and we are getting them together. Uh, basically, we just go out and do it. We've got the manual, uh, we've got to have marketing put together some things, you know, to present the manual and, and everything else. We have a good plan we need to put it into action. The only thing that I would like to see is more on a regional level in the areas that are more densely populated uh, with people of color is more um, think tank type meetings with the estheticians in those areas. And that's gonna rely on the AMs and the other senior account managers like myself to come up with something to get more small regional meetings together where they can just bounce ideas off of each other. So many times these SDs are solo SDs. They're in the treatment room with, by themselves. There's no one else for them to talk to. And I think that that whole networking piece and them sharing their own anecdotal um, stories about how they've treated and what's gone right and also what's gone wrong and how they've approached it from a skin revision point, as well as um, marketing themselves as the expert of all skins. So I would like to see more think tanks of that matter happening. I love that Danae wants us to get out there and to talk to the public as well. So of course, educating the SDs first and making sure that they're ready for the droves of people that come in from our secret network that we do have. It's a coalition that we have and it is real, like the Illuminati. <laughs> I would love I would love for us to do more more public facing things that we're talking to the end user but I want to make sure that my estheticians are confident once those people start coming into them in their talk track and especially in the actual therapeutics of it for sure I mean that brings me a quick little backstory you're totally right about that because one time back to the OE on five days uh, the woman that was the buyer for Eon 5 was a black gal in New York, and she got me on a spot in uh, Detroit on a talk show. It was a noon thing. Narissa Williams, beautiful, beautiful woman, very smart. And when I got back in the green room to go on, she goes, now, I understand you're a scientist that you specialize in black skin. I don't want to hear anything about any products. This show is not to sell products. You're here because of your information that we want to hear. I said, okay. So I did. I talked all about the different types of skin cell, you know, all the things we just covered this morning are on this podcast. And at the end of it, she got all excited. She goes, that's incredible. I never thought anything like, how do we find out more? I tricked her. She said it on air. I said, I'll be at the Northland Mall at three o'clock this afternoon. Come and see me. And they were lined up to the atria. All black women lined up to talk to me. So everybody's all around me and I'm kind of preaching. I, I sometimes almost see myself in a white suit. <laughs> you will be healed. I'm preaching to everybody. And this snotty looking professional lady came up to me. She had on a trench coat and she had perfect hair and everything. She had a briefcase. And she barked out, how do you know anything about our skin? You're white. 
And I started to open my mouth to protect myself against this tirade. And the women in front turned around and said, Shut up! You let the man talk! He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> she got a stomped off. Uh, I just found out by being informative and generous and observant and recognizing people's traditions and everything that goes along with it, people will listen to you. If you come like you're from another planet that's not part of that, I don't care how good you think you are, how many products you got, nobody's going to listen. So I found out a lot of these things. And that's why I know this is going to work so well. I just got feeling. I've been asked, uh, how do I perceive this whole thing uh, developing and, you know, this dream I've had. I've had two dreams, actually, this and franchise, but that's another story. But we'll do that probably in another country. But um, they say 10 years. I think much faster than that. Things will, it'll, I think it'll go very fast. So the next year or two, it'll start building up. And then once it becomes the set protocol, we'll have the educators, not just civil. And we've got Tamika, she's kind of a protege of mine. She's anxious to jump in. And uh, a few others that are that I've asked, will you support this? And they said yes. First thing we're going to do is that um, WeHo Clinic, West Hollywood. I promised that girl that I would do a personal appearance to invite everybody, you know, all diversity people, but a lot of black people. And the reason why is not that she had a lot of money or is a big account. It's because of her passion and commitment. This young lady doesn't have a lot of money. She's the sole owner of a clinic in West Hollywood. She works like a dog to keep the doors open. She's very good. Uh, she actually spent her own dime to come up to our boot camp in uh, Chicago. And she also, you might have met Leona in Chicago. I don't know, Sybil, if you did or not. But anyway, then she came to the one in Newport and she's doing all of these things on her own dime. I had to say, I'm gonna do this for you. Uh, another thing too on this whole, this whole plan is I intend to, to keep a little bit grassroots in the beginning, as long as I have the energy to do that. It will take grassroots, meaning yes, our marketing company is going to be doing developing all kinds of things for this program, all right? We've got plenty of before and after, still shots, celebrity endorsement, all that kind of stuff, and, and the manual. So all of that will be presented, presented, presented. But I'm still going to have to do a few grassroots things to, to really kick this off. I would love for this initiative to, of course, take off um, nationwide here in the U.S., but it's international, and we need to make sure that it's a sustained effort. There are, again, we're not seeing um, our SDs of color as well as our clients of color, you know, just during that one special month. But 365 all year long, just highlighting what we do for skin of all conditions, of all ages, of all colors. Um, a sustained effort going forward in the States here and with our international partners as well. I'm glad you said international too. See, while we're, we're actually, folks, what we're doing, she's sitting in New York and I'm here in LA, and we're bouncing ideas back and forth on a script but ideas are popping up as we talk. And Sybil is right, for instance, like Ukraine. We've got our top doctors, almost every DMK practitioner in Ukraine and in Russia, but in Ukraine mostly, now um, that are doctors, dermatologues, okay? 
Now, there's not a lot of black people that live in Kiev or around Ukraine. Some, when I go there, uh, they do stand out because it's a very white country. Uh, Ukraine people are very homogenous. I can always tell when someone's from Ukraine. Look at their face structure, their eyes, you know, a lot of things. And we have a lot of gifted estheticians from U.S. that are right here now from Ukraine. But let's say that you're a black businesswoman or a black businessman or you're from the U.S. Embassy or whatever and you're traveling and let, let's use hair, okay? So you've got your hair braided or whatever, you're wearing extensions or you have a, a whatever. You're going to look on Google when you get into Kiev where you would go that specializes in your hair, right? He wouldn't just walk into some beauty salon and say, can you do my hair? Because they wouldn't know how. They're not trained to. But that's why it's important for even our overseas estheticians that may not be in a big black community, but they have to be prepared to... Well, like a good example is Angela Bassett. She was over in Germany doing a film uh, near Berlin. And her personal assistant contacted me and said, Miss Angie wants to get a DMK treatment. Where does she go? Well, we have a ton of clinics in Germany, have for many, many years. But I thought of the one woman in Berlin, her name is Heike, that would know how to do because she had dealt with black skin before and she was kind of trained for it. So she went there, she treated her, the cast, all the women in, that were her, you know, her body double and, and some other people from the cast to treatments. And they were all out in front of the treatment room afterwards with bathrobes on, no makeup, grinning away at the camera and gave Heike permission to use that on her Facebook ad. Talk about generous spirit. But the point was, is that she asked where she could go that was used to it. And that's what we're going to end up doing everywhere. You know, it'll be like a directory. All right, Sib, do you have any personal visions for the future of skin education beyond what we teach at DMK? And particularly as it relates to uh, aesthetically underserved communities. I want estheticians everywhere to be able to have education on how to treat all skins. I want us to be able to get the word out to them to let them know that there are many resources that are out there. And as time goes on, I know there'll be many more um, ones that are written by you and Dr. Lacande, but other experts in the community. I want us, um, and when I say us, I mean estheticians of color and even estheticians that aren't of color that are proficient and excel at treating skin of color to go out and speak to their communities, underserved or not, and educate them on the things that are out there that they can be doing for their skin. There are a lot of underserved communities where people just don't know. They don't have the ability or the bandwidth to get the information in, so we need to bring it to them. I do believe, again, in scholarshiping as far as getting estheticians into advanced classes as well as basic classes for aesthetics. And I believe in going to schools and youth groups and to even women's networking groups to talk to them just about how to get their skin to peak performance and how to love the skin that they are in. Again, building that world of confidence for everybody, no matter what their income level is or where they live, whether they have estheticians that look like themselves or estheticians that don't, but understand how their skin works and can speak to them about their concerns. Can you share a success story that you know of where a therapist after 
training, proper training and certification, achieved remarkable results in hyperpigmented skin revision using DMK protocols. I sure can. One of the things that I love about DMK is our community. A lot of years in the business and working for other skincare companies, you don't see the community of Estes like you do with DMK. They love to share with each other. So beyond the education that myself and my peers give to each other, there's a lot of collaboration that goes on the side and a lot of mentoring that goes on with our um, OGs, well, I'll say on the block, our Estes that have been working with DMK for a really long time, the ones that have worked with other um, estheticians and skin of color, working with all skins and getting great results with DMK. So I have seen those mentors reach out to estheticians and vice versa, Estes reach out to the mentors to find out what they're doing to get the great results that they're showing on social media and that we've even pulled and used in a lot of our education publications. And them taking that advice working with the client, talking about the client's goals and expectations, the esthetician's expectations of what that client's going to do at home after she leaves the treatment room, and the combination, combination rather of all of those have yielded some wonderful results on pigmentation on the face, melasma and PIH, as well as body pigmentation, post-surgery, post-accidents, and then just again on those areas of the body that happen to have a buildup of keratin and that redundant cuticle that typically is harder to chip away at and then on people of color will darken in those areas as well. I've seen huge success with all of those because we are a community that loves to reach out, educate, and help each other. Sybil, so in your role, how do you encourage individual agency among estheticians to seek out information independently and proactively to enhance our understanding of hyperpigmented or melanated skin. I encourage all of our estheticians to be thinking estheticians. I tell them many times, in order to be successful with DMK, you have to be that thinking esthetician. You have to think outside of the box, and every time your client comes in, you're reassessing the skin like it's the first time. And when you do have downtime, whatever that looks like for them, that they do need to reach out and make sure that they are elevating themselves, whether it's continuing education units, um, on with something online or working with some of the partnerships that we have, but doing things outside of the tools that we give them for them to elevate themselves, to keep with their education. The more education they have, the better therapists they're going to be, and they need to reach out and look. There's tons of it out there. Some of it's free, some of it costs, some of it you can work out and ask and barter, but speak with other SDs that are doing what you want to do. Surround yourself with like-minded people. Make sure you're elevating yourself every day with your education, your talk track, and again, reaching out to other clients that may not be your typical client to get them to come in so that you can work on different types of skin and skin conditions. Well, this has been an illuminating, uh, actually it's, I'm calling this a soft launch because uh, this is the first time Sybil and I have really gotten together publicly and talked about this whole program. And already I've learned some things from her which I didn't know about. God. You know, that's a funny product, Urban Pigment Oil, because I've had all kinds of weird people use, use it for weird things over the years for everything. <laughs> Originally it was designed for hyperpigmented Indian women around the eyes because this is a genetic thing. 
you know, young Indian women have this beautiful slow eyes, you know, that's kind of a little bit pigmented around, it gives them that kind of haunting, dusky, seductive look. But as they have kids and get older and all of that, it gets blacker and blacker and black. So I did this, because uh, we didn't want to peel, remember the dark Indian skin problem, and it worked. Well, since then, it's been used for lips, it's been used for scars, it's been used for what you said in the hair. Uh, it's funny how you make one little formula and it does so many things because I wouldn't use it for all those things on myself so you know I didn't think. I think the purpose of this podcast is to alert everybody that we are launching this uh, Black Skin Matters program, this movement. I like the word movement because you know China actually taught me what movement means. Movement means everybody is thinking in the same way, but with their own individual approaches. You know, we leave plenty of room for artistic license in our training, just as long as you don't abuse the tools and we have things like that as well built in. But I'm really making this kind of a call to action. Be aware that this program uh, will be available in your area. Uh, you will be alerted. You'll see all the marketing and everything else, and we will start doing these courses and then we will implement them in every area of the United States where we have an account manager that oversees that area. You'll be hearing more and more about this as we go along. I thank you for listening uh, to myself and to Sybil about Black Skin Matters. We know it's going to change a lot of people's lives and it's going to change a lot of things in the profession and elevate incomes, families, a whole world of confidence that has been kind of hidden away all this time, but now we're bringing it to the forefront. All right, now, call to action means what can we do now while we're setting up the whole thing for national and international participation in Black Skin Matters? Well, first of all, you can invite DMK therapists to participate in the campaign by documenting and sharing their melanated skin revision uh, pictures before and after clients, whatever. Yes, we would love that feedback. You can uh, do it by taking very good pictures. Be, be careful of your lighting. Don't adjust your lighting to reflect a better job of the enzyme treatments or whatever you're doing. I hate that. Just try to keep the lighting the same on each person. We used to have a class in medical picture taking. No photoshopping. Just raw pictures. Doesn't matter if it's a ta-da result or I can see a result but it's ongoing. Doesn't matter. You'd be surprised. We're not looking for fake, you know, wrinkles like they fell asleep on a chenille bedspread and then suddenly they're young. No, no, no. We want the actual photos and share them with us. You can pixel out the eyes if the client, because they have to sign. If we're going to use that to your benefit, we'll also publish your name, the therapist who did this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if the client is adverse, then we pixel out the eyes. Um, we invite all DMK clients of color to tag us and share their hashword DMK journey. Got that? Hashword DMK journey on social media. We'd like their personal experiences on everything that they faced in the treatment room. Uh, when I go to these boot camps, for instance, the one in well, both New York and Chicago, I had all kinds of therapists, and you saw this, uh, Sybil with their cell phone come up to me and say, look at this, look at this, look what I did, look what I did. And I thought, oh my God, <laughs> can we have that? I had to keep reminding, you know. So you can send them in and uh, 
and we will use this as part of our campaign. The more, the better. Okay? Sybil, any last words here? I see you down on the script as Sybil. Well, I want to thank you, Danae, for inviting me to have this conversation. I think it's a, a very important one to have, and I'm glad that we're having it sooner rather than later. And I really just encourage all the viewers today to share with your fellow colleagues. We have a hashtag that we've created to create that awareness and get that buzz going as we ramp up with these grassroots initiatives. So hashtag Black Skin Matters. We also, again, want to hashtag the... Um, my DMK skin journey. We wanna make sure, so it's hashtag DMK journey so that we can see the journey of your clients. I'm getting on my accounts all the time about sending me their before and after pictures because we've got some great ones out there. Share them, don't be so humble about your work. I wanna celebrate you, we wanna celebrate you. And we want your clients to know that you're there to be able to support them and address their needs. They don't need to go anywhere else because they've got confident hands in you and great, amazing tools with DMK that they can use. So tag a colleague that you feel that needs to hear this information, share it and make sure that you stay in touch with your account manager, ask for more information on the initiative as we're going forward and make sure that you stay involved with us in this. Now, Sybil, I'm wondering why you didn't go into politics. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm sitting here watching all this New Hampshire and Iowa and all this other stuff and watching women talk and you are good. Oh my God, I vote for you actually. <laughs> Thanks. 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 First, Thanks. Woman first black woman president of the United States. Yes. <laughs> okay. Any Let's just get the DMK education part under our belts first. <laughs> anyway, I sure appreciate everybody tuning in. And, and tune in uh, next month for another AMA with me. And remember the most important thing I always say, no matter what you're doing, whatever career you're in, knowledge is power. Thank you.